It's an honor, privilege, and uh, a pleasure to be here today on our new forum, our new platform called To Hate or Not To Hate. I am Nick Cannon, and my co-host and partner right next to me, uh, I'll allow him to introduce himself. I'm Jonathan Greenblatt. I'm CEO of ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. And we are currently in the investigative research lab here at the ADL in New York City. And uh, we've had the opportunity to, to build such uh, a strong relationship yeah. over, over some time. And we'll get into, you know, how the relationship started. But out of that relationship, we came up with the idea to create this forum. Um, and it actually, you know, we, were, we had the outdated concept early on is that yeah. we should write a book together. Right. Uh, and when we realized that people don't read books like they used to. <laughs> Which is a shame. Which is a shame. Uh, and we could reach more people through the forms of podcasting, through visualization, yeah. through the opportunity of short form content. We felt that we could reach so many more people and help so many more people by having to hate or not to hate be a true movement. That's right. I mean, I think the point is, is we're in this moment now where our conversations are so charged, where everything seems so politicized, and issues of race, issues of faith, issues of gender, issues of identity, these are like these, these fissures, and it seems like we're, there's a fuse. People are ready to explode. And so the notion of could we come together and use conversation to kind of peel back the layers and dig it in a way that was constructive, right? candid, yeah. you know, maybe uncomfortable, yeah. but help people understand maybe a different way to see these issues yeah. that's more nuanced, more thoughtful, and ultimately, I think, more, more beneficial. And like you, I, I like how you put it because say we wanted to create a safe space, but we wanted to create a brave space. That's right. Uh, and, you know, uh, we, I would say we care for each other, we like each other, we yeah. love each other, but we don't always disagree. I mean, we don't always agree, and we often can disagree about certain things. That's topics. right, that's right. And, you know, one of the reasons why, when we came up with why we call it to hate or not to hate, it's literally two different sides, two different perspectives, two different walks of life coming together to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. Uh, and not just black and Jewish relations. 100%. Uh, but weeding out and rooting out all hate uh, but from perspectives to where, like, I never looked at it this way. That's right. I think if we can model by thinking about black Jewish issues, because yeah. our communities are so close in some ways and yet so far apart in other ways, yeah. and if we can model how do we come together, that allows us to explore a lot of other issues yeah. of identity. Yeah. Because there's a lot of dimensionality to this. Yeah, and I feel like, we, obviously, we're not the first. I think if we take it all the way back, you know, to yeah. the Talmud, like, yeah. that's really ultimately what it For is. For sure. You know what I mean? Two perspectives and commentary on, that's right. you know, different things that are going on uh, as we philosophize, as we go on through society, religious, spirituality. Mm -hmm. We should, I don't believe there should be any topic that's off, off limits that we can't yeah. attack. And then each episode, you know, we'll welcome in guests. Yep. To, from different walks of life, and, yep. and we want everybody, you know. Uh, one, one of the things when we've dropped clips before, people have said, I want to come talk to you guys. Why you don't have me on? Let's do That's it. Right. So we're, we're here at the ADL, and you know, we're, you'll see and hear many different perspectives, and 
to get to that space of truth and reconciliation. I think if we can truly live, because that's the thing where it's like people have asked me, are you guys really going to tell the truth? Are you guys really going to have a real conversation? Is there anything that you believe uh, we can't talk about no. or is anything that, that's off limits? Because at some point, we said this right. before, you are kind of like the purveyor of what can be said and what can't well, be so said. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what... Right. I'll let you clear that up, but I'm right. saying from the perspective of certain things, when the ADL says you can't say this or yeah. you can't or you can't talk about. So it. look, like I think at the ADL, our our focus, our mission, our our tagline that we talk about is fighting hate for good, right. and so we're going to show up when we see anti-Semitism, or by the way, anti-Black racism or other forms of bigotry and prejudice. And we're going to say something. So I think all things need to be within bounds in this conversation. Mm. Like you said, it's not about safe spaces, it's about creating brave spaces right. to model healthy, respectful dialogue. Now that, that being said, like you may come at me on some ideas that I have, I may come at you. Right. Like, we do not have to necessarily agree, but if we treat each other with respect and mm. give each other the benefit, I don't wanna say the benefit of the doubt because we obviously have that as friends. Right, right. But appreciate that people's intention might not be intolerance, mm. right? Right. So it may come out of ignorance. Right. So we can clear that up. And I'll, I'll just say, I, at, uh, in this organization, our view, to paraphrase you, isn't cancel culture, it's council culture. Mm. So it's when someone screws up, you wanna help them understand and kind of walk them to a better place. Right. Right. Help, you know, they should have the agency to do it themselves, but we may have information that we can provide. Right. So this notion that the ADL is some police yeah. or the purveyor of what's in and out, like, I just think that's wrong. Right. So if this podcast... But that is the perception. Right. <laughs> but I mean... And how do, we, how do we change that? Because we're, and we can, I believe, we'll educate right. as we go on, but even, like, the origins of the ADL and, and really when you just break down, it's like defamation in right. itself is, is your... That is something you're the purveyor that's right. the, and protector yeah. of to make sure that... People of all, uh, we alleviate all hate. That's right. Is is the goal of the organization, but for whatever reason, you know, the, through tropes, through you know, even how the media perceives it, is like, oh, if the ADL has Look, has stepped in, then there, there's an issue at hand. Yeah, I mean, this is a data-driven kind of evidence-based, fact-oriented organization. Right. So over the course of 110 years. We've built up a lot of respect, and when we say things, it gets taken seriously. Right. Much like when the NAACP says something, right. it gets taken seriously. Or when uh, the HRC says something about LGBTQ issues, it gets taken seriously. I think we try to exercise that responsibility with great care. Um, that being said, we definitely don't shy away, because we were created at a time when Jews were systematically discriminated against. Right. Now, that doesn't mean it was unique to us, but the ADL was the Jewish community's response to that. Right. So I think we owe it to our forebears to be true to that legacy, but do it in a way, again, which pushes the ball forward. Right. Which doesn't shut people down, but in fact opens up the conversation. Yeah. That's what we need. Well, that's, and, and I want to touch on even how you and I uh, first got introduced to each other, uh, but then even, at, even before jumping into that, to just piggyback off what you just said, I believe that people don't have the attention span yeah. 
to understand and know what the ADL is really about or even understand where it came from and how it started. It just, from it it sees the, the optics or the sound bite or whatever, and it's like, oh, don't mess with them. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they have power, which in that sense of where in today's <coughs> climate isn't helpful for anyone in, in that sense because no one takes the time to understand, oh, this is the purpose of this and this is what we're doing. So I think that's why we've created this forum. I think it, to, to mend relationships, yeah. to, uh, to further relationships and to learn from one another. And, you know, it's, as much as we're going to have discourse and even to level uh, a debate, the ultimate goal is to find resolution and find, you know, totally how our communities can enhance one another. That's right. If we can better understand each other, if we can spread better understanding of our communities, if we can spread better understanding of other communities by, again, exposing the issues, by digging in without fear, right, of, oh, I can't say this, yeah. without worry that, oh, I'm going to be taken out of context. Like, yeah. The opportunity here, I think, is really big because, you know, frankly, we need more spaces like this in our society today. Yes, but how do we do that? Because even as us coming together right. and doing this, right. we, we've had some opposition. We've had some yeah. people who, from, like you said, everyone doesn't want to see us make this work. Totally right. And even the people, whether we're trying to put it on, you know, different platforms, have different partners, yeah. they're like, ooh, that... It's too taboo. It's yeah. too hot right now. Yeah. Come back and talk to us later because, because it is such a polarizing conversation at times where people say, you know, don't talk, don't talk about politics, religion, yeah, that's and, and race, and we're talking about them all. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're like breaking all the taboos. Yeah, yeah. So it makes people nervous. And especially like then nervousness turns into fear, and then you never get to the truth. Because we're too scared to actually talk about so what's true. So that's it, right? Like, I think the best way to address fear is to go right toward it. Not to run away from the fire, but to run right into the building. Right. And so I think that's what we're going to do here. Yeah. And there are definitely people who don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> right. There are definitely people who don't think we should be doing it with one another. Right. But, you know. We both I, got our haters. Yeah, we got plenty of them. <laughs> and that's the whole, you know. Plenty we came, of them. came up with the idea to say, you know. There's certain things that we want to hate. We want right. to hate discrimination. Yeah. We want to hate defamation. We want to hate evil, injustice. Uh, but we don't want to hate each other. That's correct. And that's where we're going to differentiate. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to put it out there. Talk about books I've read, books you've read, books, books you've written. Yeah. Uh, ideas and, and places that we've both been and experiences that yeah. we can share. And we welcome people to share their experiences as well. And then just speaking so, like... One of those things where, you know, I, in the past few years ago, I thought I was creating a safe space. I yeah. thought I was creating a brave space on a podcast that I was <clears throat> conducting out of Howard University, my alma mater. I was yeah. actually enrolled in, at Howard, and I had a podcast called Cannon's Class, and I would welcome different intellectuals, pseudo-intellectuals, professors, yeah. people that I admired. Yeah. Uh, and I had a conversation with... Uh, Professor Griff from Public Enemy, who 30 years ago got himself caught up in a very similar situation that I didn't even know I was foreshadowing, right. Um, right. that he had said some things in an interview that uh, were tropes. 
and uh, at the time he was, you know, studying certain things, reading certain things, and we were discussing those things because I had read a lot of the similar things and even read some of his, his books. And in that, in that conversation of speaking about everything from birthrights to, you know, just it was a two hour conversation, uh, which I've learned is like it's it's, it's much better to say less. Yeah. <laughs> I think that turns out to be the case. Yeah, yeah but I, yeah. I was really just pontificating in that thing of like just trying to relate with the guests that I, I yeah. had on and yeah. just let him know that I knew everything he had went through. And hopefully that this was a process of. Okay, truth and reconciliation. You learn. You we've grown. Now yeah. maybe we can talk and evolve. Yeah. And I found myself in a very similar similar situation that he was in 30 years prior, to where I had to then backtrack. I had to do my research and actually do the work to say, okay, well, what's wrong? What did I do? How did I offend? And how do we move forward? And you were probably it was two people, but you were probably the first to kind of step up and say. This is wrong. This needs to be addressed. Right. And we had the opportunity. I came here and we sat down. Yeah. And that's where the origin of the relationship began. That's right. Like, look, like to compare yourself to P Professor Griff, uh, the reality is, is that you basically said, OK, I want to learn what I did wrong. Right. I want to kind of open myself up to understand. Right. And I'm going to give you credit right here because rare is the person who's got the kind of humility and sort of self-awareness who's willing to undergo that kind of process in a very public way. Right. Like, even though it's true that most people did not know that you and I have been talking yeah. for years. Right, right. Right? Like, we didn't, we didn't need anyone else to know. <laughs> right. But we were Zooming. Yeah. We were on the phone. We were spending time Every in week. <laughs> for a long time. People yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And because yeah. I, I didn't do it <coughs> to show, hey, I've learned my lesson. That's or, right. Or, hey, look, now I did an apology tour. It was like, no, this is near and dear to me, my character was on the line. And I was right. like, I need to understand, one, so I don't make the same mistakes again, but two, to really show the compassion yep. to where I care about every type of person. The same way I care about my community, I care about your community. And I, I, we've had, we had these big ideas, you know, of like creating a symposium. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I like to say, years later, I'm happy that they're actually coming into fruition now and we can yeah. actually sit here and do this. But it was a scary time for me because I'm like, you know, career and all that stuff aside, but just I want to stand for what's right. I yeah. want to stand for what's true. And if I felt like I thought I knew and then I found out that I'm ignorant to certain things, it's right. like, wait, all right, well, let me find my balance. Or at least I, I just want to know the truth. Right. So because... No one wants to regurgitate lies. No right. one, because then your credibility goes away. Yeah, then sure. who you are is like, yo, all, you're just pushing tropes out. And we see that with people with microphones and people who are prominent in the public eye every day. Right. We see these mistakes constantly being made to where it's like, oh, I have a TV show. I have a podcast. I have, I'm an athlete and I say this because I think I'm, intellectually at a space where I can help others or yeah. at least my people yeah. and it then does more damage than it does. Well look, you, again, you've undertaken something and shown a kind of moral leadership by demonstrating accountability that most people don't do. Right. And I think, you know, our role at ADL is not to police, it's to engage. Right. It's to not to again strike people down but to support them and try to lift them up. 
So we need to be in this dialogue, and it's my job. I, I feel like it's my responsibility. If you want, then I have an obligation to show up. And so we walk down this path together. Right. Not like you on your own, like you and me together walking down the path. Yeah. That's how I see now, it. I, I got to ask, though, that's, that's some heavy stuff. That's a big responsibility. Like, you are that guy. Well, You yeah. are the CEO of the ADL, so... Yeah. When everyone from Kyrie Irving to Whoopi Goldberg to Kanye West to Dave Chappelle to or whoever yeah. does something, they everyone turns and looks to you. And some, yeah. sometimes, you know, just the power of your Twitter. When you tweet something, when you say something, yeah. it's everywhere. And, th- and it almost looks as this is how the Jewish community feels. Yeah, well, that's one of the challenging things, right? Like... Uh, I, I run this, I'm responsible for this legacy organization. The ADL is, one of the, is the oldest anti-hate group in the country. Right. And it's a lot of, we've been there for the fight for like generations. So it's a lot of responsibility. At the same time, I have to acknowledge there's a lot of different opinions in the Jewish community. There's a diversity of thought. There's a diversity. I mean, the Jewish community is a multi-ethnic. There are black Jews and white Jews and brown Jews and AAPI Jews. It's a multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-view you know, uh, community. Right. So it is hard to say that the ADL can't speak for everyone, or that I somehow can do that. Like, I don't know that I can, but I think what I, what I have to do is accept, the, accept again, the, the, the burden that being in this job means you're a bit of a public servant. And yeah, like, I have a responsibility to the public. And so whether it's... Whoopi Goldberg or Nick Cannon or Tucker Carlson or uh, he's not so great. <laughs> but like, right. Or um, Myers Leonard, who was a yeah. player for the Heat, yeah. who kind of screwed up a couple of years ago. Yeah. Or um, uh, whoever it may be, like I've got to show up and meet those people. I think about a friend of mine, Damian Patton, who I met. He was running a tech company, a software company out of Utah. And it turned out that when he was much younger in his life, he had been involved in a white supremacist group. Wow. And he was in Southern California, got like from LBC, and got tied up in these white supremacist gangs, and then went out to Tennessee with a a bunch of KKK guys and shot up a synagogue. Wow. And uh, he was still a minor at the time. The guys, they were all arrested. Because he was a minor, they let him off with parole. The other men were, were, I'm sorry, they were all detained by the police. The other men were convicted right. and went to jail. Right. Damien didn't. He ended up sort of turning his life around, joining the military, learning how to code, building a very successful software company called Banjo, again, out in Utah. And then when the company was preparing to go public, somebody found out who he was, he got exposed, and he got canceled. Wow. Like he, the company that he started, right. they kicked him out. The board threw him out. They kind of ended his career as he knew it. Like he lost a lot of his friends. Right. He was sort of isolated. And someone who knew me here, my job at ADL, and that I used to work in technology, put us together. And Damien and I developed a relationship. And we started talking to each other on a regular basis, like week after week after week after month after year. Right. And like he's a good friend now. Right. This former white supremacist. Who um, was part of shooting up a synagogue. <laughs> yeah. Because when he, when I get a call and someone say this guy wants to need someone to talk to, like it's my job to be there to listen. Wow. 
So, I mean... That's in, how I see it. Yeah, I was about to say, that that is that's heavy. I mean, as someone whose job is to pay attention to hate every day. Yeah. Um... What does that do for your spirit? Like, what is like how? What type of toll does that take on you? Well, look, I think the job <clears throat> is kind of it's equally exhausting, and it's energizing. Mm. So there is a lot of hate, right? And we, you know, we track. You know, you can see on these screens here at the IRL. This is what they do, <laughs> right? So we're tracking hate crimes. We're tracking extremism. We're tracking acts of anti-Semitism and terror. We look at it you know, on a state-by-state. State. We have 25 offices that are the first in line to respond when there's an incident. Right. So I hear stories about kids being bullied, about elderly people being harassed, about attacked. homes... Attacked. Attacked, homes being vandalized, yeah. you know, people being assaulted. I mean, that stuff... That's like, heavy. It, it, yeah, it wears down your soul. And again, it's not just anti-Jewish. It's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like, during the COVID thing, all the anti-Asian hate that was happening. Right. All the anti, I mean, the homophobia and the transphobia now is off the charts. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's heavy. And yet, we've, we fight hate, but we also find hope. Mm. And so I take energy and I take inspiration from the young people I meet right. who get so charged up and are so much more open-minded than prior generations. Yes. And the coalition building that I see happening yeah. and the kind of intersectional work between communities, that is like, it's a gift so the job, I would say, is both a challenge right. when it weighs you down, and it's an opportunity that can also lift you up. Because that's the thing, too, where even <clears throat> people see that we're sitting down and they're like, Are you, it's just a waste of time. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. never going to be real mm -hmm. change. Yeah. You know, hate, we, we can't get rid of it as much as we yeah. want to. Yeah. People are going to hate. People are going to discriminate. People are, they're going to hate what they don't understand. Yep. You, you guys are just another podcast yeah. that, you know, and really not doing anything after the fact of just having a, a, a surface conversation. How do we combat that? It starts with words. For better or for worse, it starts with words. So like at ADL, we don't believe you can arrest your way or legislate your way out of hate. You got to change hearts and minds. Mm. And change hearts and minds, I think, starts with humanizing one another and seeing the common humanity that we all share, which starts by meeting people where they are and talking to them. And, you know, again, I, we've talked before, you and I, about accountability. Yeah. Right? But I think accountability needs to be mutual. Yeah. You make a mistake, you got to account for it. Someone's willing to apologize, you got to embrace them. Right. This is teshuva. Teshuva, this uh -huh. Jewish concept called teshuva, right? I, I, lear I learned a lot about it through my journey. Uh, but in which I found it was probably the most inspiring part of it because it was said, if I'm sincere in my apology, then I have to sincerely be forgiven by anyone That's who right. really practices. So, like, I, I try to live that, that value. Yeah. And so that's why I take tremendous hope because when people are willing to do that, when we can have these conversations, Look, Nick, I think all things are possible. Right. I really do. It's, it get, it's disheartening, though, if I, if I, just to look at the other side. And years later, even I, I go on my, if I went on my Twitter feed right now, yeah. I would be called all type of anti-Semites. Yeah. I would be talking about how, you know, I, I'm hateful, I'm racist. And I'm like, 
Wait, but and it and it's and it gets you know I'm I'm sure your totally. your Twitter feed is pretty intense as well because yeah. there are so many hate filled people out there that all you need they just want a kernel they just want a, a nugget I I said at one point that I believe even in that conversation with Professor Griff and I and I still believe this that black people have an innate sense of compassion. Mm-hmm. I believe just from what we, especially African-Americans and from, from what we've been through, mm-hmm. we, I believe that we are just a, 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 a compassionate group of people. Yeah. And to this day, whenever there's a viral video <laughs> or an yeah. act on the news of a black person doing something not compassionate yeah. or even violent or something, or a heinous <coughs> crime, I get, whether I don't know whether it's white nationalists, I don't know who, who yeah. but my they feed it out blows you. up of that clip and say, oh, well, how compassionate was this, Nick Cannon, or how, the, and it's, I'm like, Wow, you guys took that statement of me trying to uplift and, and encourage my yeah. community about how we are forgiving and loving and compassionate to it, and you use that against me every time you see something on the news where yeah. there's senseless Look. violence or there's something. And it's like, I'll, I'll now I'll never be able to escape that. And now it's become a trope to where, like, oh, I thought your melanin made you compassionate. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's Look, like. Look, I think nobody. Really, it's very hard to win on social media. Oh, yeah, like, it does not you exactly can't. bring out our better angles. <laughs> right. It's like the worst elements are yeah, what yeah. gets amplified. You right. know? And yeah, I'm both our Twitter feeds, the <laughs> stuff on there. Yeah. And it's just toxic. Yeah. It's just terrible. And that I now when I look at it, because it doesn't really bother me or resonate with me, but it, the thing that does, like, man, that person. How miserable do yeah. you have to be yeah. to take time out of your day, your yeah. family, your life, like, oh. to sit there and point out and compose an entire yeah. tweet to, that you don't even know if I'll ever see, no. but just to put so much hate into the, the yeah. atmosphere is... is uh, So that's what we're fighting against. Yes. We're fighting against this, like... This, this, this toxicity, this kind of poison yeah. that seems everywhere, yeah. and we just got to push back. Yeah. You know, conversation by conversation, kind of week after week, push back on the hate and kind of push out the hope. Yeah, and I'm excited because we got, we got some prominent people lined totally. up. Totally. We have, you know, everybody from outspoken uh, people like Stephen A. Smith, yeah, uh, sportscaster, yeah. author, yeah, personality, yeah. A- Alex Edelman, a, a, a great comedian, comedian, a young Jewish comedian who's, you know, uh, speaking out against anti-Semitism. And his play is killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, go- he's going to London and yeah. he's doing great and, stuff. Uh, one of my mentors, people, I, uh, uh, someone I look up to, and has really been an activist and uh, a, a purveyor uh, of of the black culture, Michael Eric Dyson, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Doctor, so just, just to name a few reverend people. Reverend professor. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got a bunch of different Yeah, hats. and then even in that sense to where we also want to make sure that people understand that this is a conversation about ending hate and discrimination That's of right. all kinds. So, you know, we'll, we'll have people from the LGBTQIA community. Uh, we'll have... Uh, Latino community. Yes. Uh, we and, and we welcome these conversations. And we want you to obviously subscribe to the podcast, Subscribe to our YouTube, uh, but comment. Be a part of the conversation. That's right. We who should we talk to? 
uh, who should we uh, have on our forum? Who do you want to see us have this discourse with? Because we've said this in the in the past too. Like, this is an institution. This is yeah. a a a place that people revere. They respect. Some people don't ne- they don't necessarily agree. But I can even say that within our community, we always say, "Wow." The black community wants an ADL. Yeah. Uh, and why can't the ADL be for black people as well? Right. And, so, uh, and we'd like to think that we are. Right. right. Like, I don't think fighting anti-Semitism can't be mutually exclusive for fighting other forms of hate. I would actually say, again, as a, look, as a white person, I would say racism isn't just your problem as a black man. It's also my problem as a white man. Right. And I would say that anti-Semitism isn't just my problem as a Jew. It's your problem as an Anjou. Like, we are all in this together. And so if through this process, through this platform, we can kind of dive into these issues, and if in some small way ADL can help to expose the bad ideas and elevate the good ones, like, look, that would be extraordinary. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Here, here. Dr. King said it best. Here, here. And so we got to take responsibility. And... Hopefully, like you said, this is an example for uh, the next generation. I mean, we're, we're, we're hopefully speaking y'all language. You know what I mean? There's a reason yeah. where, you know, I'm in a hoodie and you in a suit. <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's just real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to where there's going to be a certain group of our audience that relates with you very well. And yep. There's going to be a certain group of our audience that relates with me very well. But if we can come together, create this symposium yeah. and say, look, I may say it like this, Jonathan may say it like that, but ultimately we're saying the same thing. Yeah, or, or getting to the same place. Getting to the same place. Because right. we're definitely going to start in different places. And, right. and, and just even briefly, I mean, we'll dive into a few things and, uh, for our, our, our first episode. Uh, but I find it fascinating as well as, again, we talked about the responsibility of it, but you are the person that people go to uh, a lot of times when they find themselves in trouble. Right. Uh, and interestingly enough, uh, everyone from, you know, the Brooklyn Nets when uh, the controversy with Kyrie Irving was going on. Yeah. Uh, and then you almost almost caught flack for the that list that people thought he should follow came out that you had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I did catch flack for it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. right, but I did. But it, it said the ADL says that he yeah. has to do that, and it wasn't. It, it was not the case. Had not, not the case, and you and I even had that conversation. Uh, but then also, even you know, more recently, Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. who is a matriarch to me, yeah. uh, someone who I, I love dearly, but not her first time finding herself right. uh, in in the controversy of not necessarily being aligned with what's... Yeah, and I think, you know, there are there are kind of, as we've talked about before, there are sort of sins of intention and there are sins of ignorance, you know? And I think Whoopi kind of stepped in it in the in 2022. Right, right. In the beginning of the year. Like, it, I think it was ignorant and I think she was looking at issues of race. And we know race is this kind of socio, kind of political construct, right? It changes yes. over time. Yes. So what we think about as, the way we talk about race today is different than the way we talk about race 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Right. And I think she was talking about race today uh, vis-a-vis, like, you know, the year 2022. Right. And, you know, I think she got some things wrong. Right. But it wasn't out of intention or right. malice or spite. 
Yeah. It was just maybe applying a lens right. that didn't exactly fit. And even in that sense of like what, what was disheartening for me is like the conversation got veered and taken somewhere else it shouldn't have because ultimately I think the con- she started it in a space of attempting to be on the same page. Yeah. And then because of that statement, it then took her down the road. Well, so this gets to it, right? Like she kind of went down the wrong road. And then you get to, so what is the responsibility of someone with a big public platform? Right. Right? So The View is one of the most watched shows, you know, daytime shows. And Whoopi is this huge personality. And Matriarch just so many, I think. And a a mega star. Mega. Mega. A fixture in our community. Yeah, and in the the broader popular culture. Right. So when she says something, it resonates. It matters. For better or worse. Yeah. And so this is part of, I think, what we need to talk about, again, through to hate or not to hate. It's like, what is the responsibility of those people in public life? And how much latitude do you give them? And how do you help them when they screw up? Or if maybe they don't think they are screwing up. Right. And how do we work through that as a society? Right. In a world in which we're so cynical about our politicians, although I hope we'll have some on. <laughs> yeah, we need them. <laughs> we need them. We're cynical about our, some of our kind of celebrities, although we need them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, how do we get to a place where we all treat each other with a level of kind of decorum and respect? Right. And when we make a mistake, we reciprocate that decorum and respect right, and right. give people the chance to do better. And, that, and in that sense, because I feel like a lot of your relationships, once, you get, once they become personal and yeah. you get to know, like, they become even stronger. And, you, you, you know, like even the story that you just told about the, the gentleman. About Damien. Yeah, yeah, like, but there's probably often scenarios where you jump in and attempt to help. Oh, yeah. And the help is not wanted. Definitely. <laughs> right. And you're looked at as the enemy and you're the problem. And see, I told you, yeah. look at them coming down on me and trying to ruin me. A la, you know, what we've all saw in the probably the biggest way with Kanye. And uh, it's it's probably so many things there. But I would just I want to know the optics specifically for the Jewish community in your perspective when you see someone who has that level of influence, that level of cultural equity yeah. within his community goes so far, probably the furthest anyone Look. has ever gone yeah, when like it he, comes to to the the ideas of the Jewish community and really just hate speech. Look, when you're out there praising Adolf Hitler. Yeah. I don't I don't think anybody no, has like, ever. You jump to the front of the line. Yeah, yeah. You jump into the front of the line. At, especially with his level of fame. Because yes. usually people say the type of stuff that he says when they're trying to get attention, when they're right. trying to be recognized and you you have the white nationalists and the people. Yeah. But like I don't think the Nazis ever were gonna think that Kanye West was gonna be their spokesperson. No. <laughs> like, no, I mean look, the his whole like slavery was a choice. Yeah. And some of the other awful things he said over the years. Yeah, that our community had an issue with and should have stayed firm in. Probably. And held him accountable for. Yeah, because I don't think he was ever held accountable for that stuff. Yeah. And then the White Lives Matter thing. Yeah. So he had like moment after moment after moment that were indicative of the fact yeah. that maybe he wasn't coming from such a good place. Right. And I, look, I'll just. Why? And I'm just not to go, but like, yeah. do you have a, like, 
Why didn't we hold him accountable? But soon as some, the, he said something well, like, about the Jewish community, so you guys we, were on top we, of now it. Now we get to it, right? Like, what are the communal institutions that we have? Right. What's the communal, collective communal response? So I, I don't know why the organizations which are tightly focused on fighting anti-black racism wouldn't have stood up when he said the things he said and I said, have, no more. I have a small inclination. Yeah. Uh, a few things. One, I believe there's an innate sense in our community is where we'll deal with you in private. Uh-huh. We're not going to berate you and hang you out there and, and say, you shouldn't say that. Even when maybe we should, accountable, but because there's so much pressure on the black man already yeah, yeah, I understand that, that to do that in the, in the public forum may not be as helpful as we think it may be. <laughs> and then there's also the aspect of, like, we got bigger problems than Kanye West. But that's fair, too. Yeah, like, we got to deal with these damn police officers. Right. So, like, right. uh, and making sure that right. they stop killing us right. opposed to, like, trying to make sure Kanye's not on another rant. Right. So those would probably be the two things where it's, like, if we're talking level of importance to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That may be one of the reasons, you know, I was, you know, kind of a leading question, but just to kind of say that's why it may have been allowed right. to happen in the black community because we love Kanye for all that he's done. Look, and he's he's like, a, we'll deal with him. We'll deal with him in this time. Let's deal with the LAPD right now. Let's deal with like, you. I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to have priorities, and yeah, I yeah. think I think the Jewish community has its priorities too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think one of the things that we've learned over time is you take people at their word. So when someone says something like, I'm going to go DEFCON 3, especially someone with, whatever, 40 million social media followers, that's you know almost three times as many Jews on the planet. Right. Like, you take that really seriously. Right, right. You don't just laugh that off or just, you can't afford to dismiss it. Because right. we've learned when people say that we hate Jews or we want to kill Jews, they often... Follow, follow up on through that. with it. Yeah. So I think that's part of our sort of like the white blood cells in our community rush to stop that right. when it happens. And that's why organizations like ADL were created in the first place. Right, right. Um, now, I don't know why, you know, the uh, LGBTQ community has GLAD, right. the gay, lesbian, I'm going to get it wrong, but GLAD is very focused on fighting homophobia, transphobia when it shows up in the media, right. when there's public discrimination. HRC, Human Rights uh, Council, also does a good job of that. But I think that Human Rights Committee. But I think that uh, I, I don't. I think groups like the NAA and Urban and Color Change and LDF do some amazing work. They're the just not community. as prominent, or well, no, they're definitely prominent. They're not as loud in today's Maybe. culture. Maybe you know when when you when I hear the NAACP, when I hear all oh, that sounds like my grandparents' organizations. So well, what's your organization that you think that like young black folk, if you will, yeah. like listen to? It's it's or, right. It's or, more or individuals. Right. It's it's and that's and that's so the thing that we want people. Culture. Yeah, it's influencer culture, and we want those people to have the credibility to speak for us. Because then we get to this nature like, who are you? Who are you, Nick Cannon, to think that you can go up in the ADL and say this is how we feel? Yeah. Or who are you know? There's so many. And again, hopefully we can welcome as many of these prominent individuals on here to speak, and, yeah. and we that's the whole purpose of the symposium. But the I, there's no organization that speaks to this generation of black people that we feel that we have the faith in that are going to make sure holds others accountable when we feel 
discriminated against or where's someone publicly in the media you know we talk about this all the time when yeah. if, if I, I see Tucker Carlson every night say things like, whoa, he don't got to apologize. I, I had to apologize like yeah. forever. He don't. He says something every single night that should be that. Disqualified. Yes, but yeah. who's holding them accountable, especially from the black community? It's fair. It's a fair question. Right. And, you know, like I said, we can learn from one another. Our communities yeah. can learn from one another. And But what you built or what this what since nine it's been a hundred and ten years yeah, 1913 110 years yeah so what's this organization has done so much not just for jewish definitely people, not just for but jewish. just for ending discrimination and, and holding yeah. people accountable protecting civil rights supporting free speech like pushing back on extremism of all kinds yeah. well maybe that's what to hate or not to hate can be for this generation bravo um and like i said it's much more than just a podcast it's much more than just visuals that you see online this is a, a movement that we're creating and we welcome you yeah. uh we're doing this each and every week every sunday we're going to drop you know our, our podcast as well as our visuals we'll we'll have teasers and 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 trailers throughout the week. And uh, again, I, I believe, I, I see the vision, I'm manifesting it. I see books, I see rallies, I, I, love I see it. conferences. Uh, and Educational material. Educational material, curriculum to really uh, stomp out hate, you know, and get rid of hate uh -huh. all over the world. I can't wait. Yeah. And I can't wait to undertake this journey with you. Yeah. Like I just appreciate you and your willingness and your kind of courage. Yeah. Like it, it, you've got a lot going on in your life. Yeah. You got a lot going on. A lot on. of kids. A lot of kids. <laughs> a lot of, a lot I didn't of jobs. I mentioned that. Yeah. Got a lot of jobs. Yeah. You got a lot of commitments. But and, this is a priority but for this me. Is, and you know, I got a pretty busy day job too, but this yeah. is a huge priority for me as well. Cause I just think we can create again, this space. Yeah. We can open up this line of communications that hasn't existed before that can do a lot of good. Yeah, and, and I'm excited to take this journey with you as well. And uh, we're here. This is our first episode. And next week, we're going to have Stephen A. Smith. He got a new book out. That's right. Straight uh, Shooter. Straight Shooter. Yep. So I believe it's a lot to talk about. And then we're going to carry on and keep it rocking. Man. Bravo. There it is. All right. Love.